5.15. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning that we have to study your word. We come humbling. We humble ourselves and thank you, Lord God, that we can do nothing. We are nothing and we have nothing without you. We are so dependent upon you today. We thank you that as we receive your word this morning, that we receive wisdom, insight, and understanding into things of God. At the entrance of your word, it gives light and dispels the darkness. In fact, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. And Father, we thank you also that your word is a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of our heart. Because it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces, divides asunder the soul and the spirit of man. And we give you all the honor and the praise. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. Thank you. And uh, hallelujah. We're going to turn this on because I think we cut out here and there a few times. They're recording. So we want to make sure that we get this straight. God is good. Aren't you excited that we have all these wonderful technical things? All right, have you found James chapter 5, verse 15? Let's look there together. I have the New King James, and I'll be referring to different translations throughout today. I'll be referring to the message translation and so many others. But it says this, it says this, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The message Bible says in James 5, 15, believing prayer, everybody say believing prayer. You see, believing prayer will heal you, and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you sin, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. Oh, man, that's great. So what's so important about the prayer of faith? Why do we need to pray and then praying in faith, and what would that bring about? Well, we noticed this in your notes, that the theme of our message this morning is this, the plan for effective praying. I want to talk to you and continue to talk to you about the plan for effective praying. A lot of times people are praying, but it's not effective. And the reason why it's not effective is because we're not praying according to the Word of God. And then we're not using our faith. What happens a lot of times is simply this. One thing is, is we ask people, okay, what are you believing God for? And then what happens, we find out, is this. They know what they're believing God for, but they don't know how to pray. And praying in the name of Jesus. And the reason why we pray in the name of Jesus is because you and I have been given the authority in Jesus' name to pray. It's as if that Jesus was right here standing by your side when you use the name of Jesus. So when we pray, though, he requires us, the word instructs us to pray in faith. Faith is simply believing. Turn to Hebrews, it's not in your notes, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I know we're going to turn there later, but let's turn there now. Let's talk about what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. What happens is this, when we pray and believe God for a thing, for something to happen in our lives, we're not praying, wishing, hoping, come on, maybe so, we know. Everybody say, we know. And my desire in teaching this morning and throughout this series is this, is that we'll get to a place that we know, 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 that we know what God said in his word is true. And we have to have a no-so 
on the inside of our spirits, in our hearts. Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 simply says this, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So here's what happens. I, that hope there is expectation. Everybody say expectation. So I'm expecting God to do something on my behalf. You're expecting God to do something on your behalf. Now notice, do we wait until we see it to believe it or do we believe it before we see it? That's the key. And what happens when a lot of people are believing God for a thing, then they're like, well, I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, I know I prayed and, and what's going on and, and, and I mean, how long is this going to take? And on and on, you begin to find out where their faith is at. And their faith, a lot of times, is in seeing instead of the believing part. So the believing part is having faith to trust God, to bring it to pass. Notice, before you see it. Say, before you see it. Now, let's go on. I just wanted to get there real quick. And so it says that in your notes. I'll give you uh, notes for blanks for you to fill in. Praying the prayer of faith is merely asking God to do the thing which he promised to do. It's very simple. When you and I pray the prayer of faith, God has given us instructions in his word. And he says that I'll give you Psalms 37, 4. Listen, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, what is he going to do? He's going to give you and I the desires, that's right, of our hearts. And so when we pray according to his word, according to his will, he'll give us the desires of our hearts. But notice this, prayer is simply asking God to do something that he said he would do. I think that people make this, this whole thing about prayer like so hard, but it's very simple that we pray. When we pray, we find out what God said in his word, say his word. When we find out what he says in his word, then we believe it. We act on it. We receive it. It's simply just like I'm talking to you. We're talking to our heavenly father in Jesus name. Because we seal it with that authority in the name of Jesus. And that's what simply prayer is. It's asking God to do, do a thing which he promised to do. And so we've read here in James 15, 5, 15. Now notice, I want to look at a few things there. That Greek word for save. You see where it says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Do you see that? Well, that word, let's talk about that word save. Because, like, why is, that, why is that in the middle and dealing with prayer, dealing with faith, dealing with, you know, sick people being sick and, and God forgiving people of our sins? Notice that word save there, the Greek is sozo, sozo, which means to save, to save or to deliver or protect. God wants to save you, to deliver you and to protect you. That's what that word saved means. So when you read this from now on, I want you to see it this way. In the prayer of faith will save. That means he will, the prayer of faith will deliver. The prayer of faith will protect. And the prayer of faith will heal. The prayer of faith will preserve you, will save you. Listen, the Lord wants you and I to do well. The prayer of faith, that word saved means to do well or to make whole. I love it. And so when we begin to understand this, understand the word of God, and we look at the translation, how it's broken down, think about it. When you read this from now on, the Greek word is sozo. Lord, when you save me, you're saving me, you're delivering me, you're protecting me, you're healing me, you're forgiving me. Come on. You're saving me, and you're making me whole. You're making me whole. So let's continue. And we see here in James chapter 1, verse 6, turn, with, turn there with me. We're going to flip through a lot of places in the word of God. James, James chapter 1, the epistle of James chapter 1, verse 6. Let's continue to talk about faith and how important faith is. You see, it says in the New King, 
King James Version, it says, but let him ask in faith. Remember, we talked before that when we pray, it's simply asking God to do something that he's already done. Are you with me? So in understanding that, we're simply saying this, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. What simply happens is this that the Lord requires us that when we go to him in prayer, we're believing for him to do a thing. There's no doubting, no doubting involved. He's saying simply this, believe me, trust me in what I said. And when we do that, we have, we place our faith in the Lord, nothing doubting, nothing wavering. How many have ever been on a boat? You've gone fishing. How about now? And I can tell you a story on me that I, you know, of course, I, been in the military and traveled and all over the place. And then I remember one time I've met when I first met Betty's family and that we were in Ohio and her dad said, we're going to go, we're going to go fishing. And guess where he went fishing at? We're in Ohio. What lake? Hello. So I'm like, okay. But the boat was very small. There was three grown men in this boat. And I'm thinking, we're going to get in that boat. And they said, yeah, we do it all the time. I'm thinking, okay, no problem. I've been on the water before. It's not a big deal. And so we get in the boat, and I'm telling you, it's just like, all right, all right. Okay, what are we going to? I wasn't even thinking about fishing. I was just thinking, does anybody know how to swim? You know what I'm saying? No one knew how to swim but me. And I said, wait a minute. There's no life vest. There's nothing there. It's just, we got fishing poles. We got bait. But don't nobody know how to swim. So I'm thinking, if something was supposed to happen, who's going to save someone? You know, I'm like, hello, thank you, somebody. So here's what, here's what happens. We get out there, everything is great, and then just like I'm talking about faith, guess what? The water began to get choppy, and then the waves began to come, and it beat against that boat, and, man, it, we were like this here, and we're going back and forth. So we're talking about the wave of the sea, and this, guess what? I started getting dizzy. I don't know if you've ever done that before. And I started getting dizzy, and I started getting sick to my stomach. Next thing you know, instead of fishing, I was over the side of the boat. And they were laughing at me, you know. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know. So they gave me a nickname. They called me, her dad called me throw up. I don't know what that's all about. But I, it ruined the whole trip for me. I never caught a thing. And, you know, there was just, well, I don't want to get gross, but it was just, you know, not good. So what I, my point is this, is that it's just like when you're believing God for something, what we don't want to do is doubt because doubting is like the wave of a sea. And we're tossed to and fro. Listen, I had lots of doubts when I got on that boat. I probably shouldn't have got on it, but I did because her dad, I wanted to be nice, and he said, let's go fishing. I said, it's crazy. And then after a while, they said, you know, we need to, move, we need to go ahead and get in calmer waters after I'm already sick, okay? But they thought it was a joke. I never went back out there again in my life. I said, no, I'm not going to do this ever again. I'm telling you, the boat was probably like from here, probably to the, right there to the steps. Well, let me go here. Probably about this big. I'm not kidding. Oh, please. Three grown men. We were just sitting right on top of each other trying to fish. That didn't make any sense. I didn't understand that. That was not wisdom. Here's my point. When the waves came and they beat against that boat, listen, doubt came. But if I was in faith, probably shouldn't have ate whatever I ate, but I did. Listen, what I'm saying is this. My, my body, my mind, and everything began. I began to, like, what is going on here? I know I got into fear. Shouldn't have got over into fear. I knew, listen, I can make it back to shore, but I wasn't going to leave the other guys in the boat. So I'm thinking, how is this going to happen? Are you listening to me? All these thoughts are going through my mind. What happens then when we're believing God for something? You see, when we don't think that it's coming when it's supposed to come, 
when we don't believe that our prayers are being answered on time, but we call it on time, then we begin to waver, just like the waves of the sea. We're tossed back and forth. One day we believe, the next day, okay, Lord, maybe so. Lord, you said, and then how come? You see, that is doubting. That's not believing and trusting in God. Well, the Lord doesn't want us to live in that place. He wants us to live in a place of faith. He wants us to live in a place where we believe him. We take him at his word. There's no doubting because the scripture goes on and says, let not that man even think that they'll receive anything of the Lord. I didn't say it. The word of God says it. And it's very simple. The Lord wants us to believe, to have faith. Faith moves the heart of God. You see, and he simply, I believe he stands at attention when he sees and hears faith. So I encourage you to use your faith. Say, use my faith. Now, the other thing I want to mention to you is, is turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. This is so neat because you'll find that in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it begins to tell you how the Lord looks at sin. When we look at this, our text, it talks about prayer talks about faith, talks about being saved or saved. It talks about forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. And so we continue to read here. I believe that when the Lord talks about healing, that healing, this is in your notes, healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. Healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. Look with me in your notes. It says this, God is not angry at you. And and let me encourage you when you're working with people, you're dealing with those who do not know the Lord. You see, God loves them, sinners. God loves the sinner. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. And so what happens a lot of times, I believe that we see people even in here, you know, in, in, in Gainesville, we see it, whether it's in Gainesville, whether it's in, in, in Williston, whether it's in Georgia, it doesn't make it. Throughout the world, we see people who are not living like they should be living. Can you say amen? And then you even see it on your job. You work, you see it as you travel, that there's people that are just, they're not saved. But what happens, I think, sometimes is many believers, we, we get the idea that instead of loving the person, instead of loving the person, ministering to that person, realizing that God loves that person to forgive them, what we do is we look at their behavior and we scratch them off the list. I'm not going to talk to you. Look at you. You're acting crazy. You're acting like this. You're acting like that. But see, God looks beyond our faults and he sees our needs. And what we have to do as family of God, that regardless of who it is, regardless of what they're doing, regardless of what kind of lifestyle they're living, we must understand this, that God loves them. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. And when we'll take on that, that belief in our hearts and understand that we'll begin to reach out to people and regardless of the crazy things that they do, we'll still have a God loves you for them. We'll still have a God bless you for them. Come on. And people say, man, why did you say God loves you to them? They're not even paying attention. Look how crazy they're acting. Yes, but we want them to know that God loves them and that God cares about them the same way that he cares about you. And so in looking at that in our notes, let's continue. Healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. God is not angry at you. Listen, he is angry at sin. And sin is what made his son to be on the cross. Notice 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says this, for he made him who knew no sin, say no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so this is why we see that healing and forgiveness goes hand in hand. You find someone and you look throughout the gospel when Jesus ministered and when he laid hands on people, he healed them, 
He forgave them. They went on their way. He healed them. He forgave them. They went on their way. Healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. And so we're talking about praying the prayer of faith because every one of us as believers can pray for people and in praying for people to be healed, praying for people to receive the Lord, but praying, listen, and believing that forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. What does that simply mean? That you can even pray for a sinner. Yes, you can. And you can, listen, you look throughout the gospel. See, Jesus is our example. And you'll see that he went and he prayed. He didn't go to those who were just like, oh, they believed in him and they followed him. He went to those who did not. Those who gathered around him, they didn't know anything about the Lord. And we begin to look at time after time, case after case, that there was individuals that simply believed on him and they were healed believed on him, and they were healed. What happened before that, they didn't believe. They received, they believed, they received forgiveness, and they also received their healing. So we see that faith, healing, and forgiveness go hand in hand. Now, faith in our five senses. Now, you and I, I mean, we know that, man, there's times in our lives we go by feeling. Come on. We have gone by feeling. I don't feel this way. I don't feel that way. I don't feel good. I don't feel. Did you know? I don't know. They make me feel this way. Have you ever been there? Talking about feelings. Or also, you know, we smelling. So we have our five senses of feeling and smelling and tasting and hearing and also in seeing. Now, all of these senses by which the natural man, say natural man. See, how the natural man operates. But let me tell you this morning that we are not just natural people, that we are also spiritual. And so here's what happens. We have the, the natural senses, but also we have spiritual sense. So we, when we come into a relationship with God, that we have now the opportunity to receive from God this wisdom, insight, and understanding so that our spiritual man is built up, so that our spiritual man grows, so our spiritual man stays in tune with God. That's what happens when we become born again. But now the question is, what do we do when situations come up in our lives? Are we following faith or are we following our five senses? Am I going to go by what I feel? Am I going to go by what people say? Am I going to go by, you know, I mean, wow, what I see? Because if we go by these things, then we're, we're, not, we're not walking in faith. You see, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Turn there with us. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. If we go by these senses, then we're not walking by faith. Now, in the natural, don't, don't get me wrong. There are some things that you want to use common sense. Everybody say common sense. So I'm not telling you to get rid of your common sense. All right? But I'm telling you at the same time that we have to make sure that we're not leaning to our natural senses when God tells us to step out and to believe him with our spiritual sense. In other words, with faith. Because if we just, if we just look at Abraham's life and all, everything, all the indicators around him, when, when God told Abraham, I want you to leave your country, I want you to leave your family, if he went by all the natural senses, he would have never stepped out in faith. He would have never left. You see, so you have natural senses and you have spiritual but it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, and in your notes before we get there, it says this, that the word of God and faith are the two factors by which the spiritual person, listen, is directed. God wants to direct you by the word and by faith, having faith. So it says here, here's your blanks, the natural person walks by the senses, but the spiritual person walks by faith. 
The natural person walks by sense, senses, but the spiritual person walks by faith in the word of God. Second Corinthians 5, 7, you know it. You can probably quote it, but it says this in the New King James. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Notice what it says in the New Living. I love this because we're talking about seeing and believing. We're going to give you a great example looking at Thomas. Everybody, you remember doubting Thomas? So, but before we get there, look at, listen to this. The New Living Translation says of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Ooh, I like that. We live by believing and not by seeing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. In your notes, let's continue. Turn in your Bibles to John. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 29. Now, if we continue to go by, because there are people who just simply go by how they feel, they go by what they see, and then that means they're just like what James talked about. Right. They're just like just, you know, when the winds and blow against our house and storms come over in Matthew. But when when all trials and tests come, as James was talking about, what happens is this. They, they begin to trust God when everything is going well. But when things are not going well, we don't trust him. What simply happens is this. Everything is great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. All right. And then we should. But then what happens when things are not going well? Do we hear, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God is good? Because we should. And then when we don't, what happens is we're allowing our senses, we're allowing circumstances, we're allowing the things of this world to hinder our faith, to hinder your faith. I want to encourage you, don't let it do that. I don't know what you may be going through this morning, but I want to encourage you to stay with God, stay with his word, trust what God said, and believe him, and it'll come to pass. I said it'll come to pass. Stay with God's word. And so we see here in John 20, 29, you know the story. All of a sudden, we understand that Jesus is risen. Man, he, I mean, just like he told him that he would. And he rose on the third day. And when he did, of course, you know that the whole process of dealing, going to the tomb and, and the women that went to the tomb and then, of course, the disciples that went. And then uh, we don't understand what happened. They're all in this room now. They're all shut up in a room and they're all talking about what happened and this great experience. And, and, and was this Jesus and what, where they, you know, where they take his body? And I don't know those who didn't see him. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Oh, man, that was just, can you imagine being there? It's like, wow, he just like walk. Whoop, he just walks right, right in. Right through the wall. That's what the Bible says. Just came right on in. And then when he walked in, all the disciples were there except Thomas. But he walked in and began to show himself and prove who he was. And he talked and fellowshiped with them. And then he left. And then after he left, notice this, that when he left, then here comes Thomas. And then Thomas hears the conversation. You know, you've ever been, in, have you ever gone and walked into a room and you hear a conversation and someone is talking about this and that? And, and then maybe, of course, you don't want to identify yourself, but they're like, hey, man, this happened, that happened. And then somebody would say, man, I don't believe that. Come on, right? Come on. I don't believe that. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I didn't see it. I, I don't know. I can't believe it. I have to see it too. That's exactly what happened to Thomas. Exactly what happened. So let's turn, look together. You'll see it for yourself. We see here in John 20, 29. So Jesus comes back and Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me, 
you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We're talking about, he's talking about having faith here. Thomas, you see, you, you see me and now you're like, I believe because I see you. You remember the whole conversation? Because Jesus said, Thomas, this is me. Go ahead, touch me. My hands. Put, put your finger in my hand, in my side, in the wound. And no, 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 Lord. No, I believe. I believe. Because Thomas said, unless I see him, I won't believe. You see, he's operating by sight. But you see, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith, not by sight. And the interesting thing here that Jesus lets all of us know, there's a blessing that's connected to those who have not seen but yet believe. There's a blessing connected to your faith. When you trust God and believe God, not having to see a thing to come to pass before it comes to pass, then listen, you believe you already have it before you have it. That's faith. And you trust God and you say, I have it right now. I don't have to see it. I thank God that when I prayed in the name of Jesus, according to the word of God, we can look, we can look at, at uh, Hebrews. We can look at, you know, uh, Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. We can study all those scriptures. And it's talking about having faith in God, trusting in God, believing God, and not having to see it before you believe it. It's important. So I say there's a blessing connected to my believing. So now the question is, what are you believing God for right now? You know. I'm not asking you to tell me, but you know. What are you standing for right now? Have you prayed according to the word of God? And then are you standing according to the principles that we've talked about this morning? Because if you are, then that means simply this, that you're trusting God to bring to pass what he said he would in your life. Even though it may not have happened yet, you believe it's already happened according to the word of God by faith. I receive it. I receive it. And I will tell you, there's so many different examples. I'll give you this one. This one bears repetition, and there's so many, but I'll just talk about this. When Betty and I moved to... Oklahoma. We moved to a town called Broken Arrow, and we got out of the military. I was in the Air Force and, and loved it and served. I would have stayed in, but the Lord had other plans for my life. And when we got out, it's amazing because you can tell where your faith was operating, what you were believing for, or the things that you thought you were believing in. If you weren't, you're like, uh-oh, I need, to, I need to go ahead and get this taken care of. Sure it up. And so what happens is we, our faith was really leaning a lot towards, I mean, praying for people, for healing, just, just you know, encouraging people, things of that nature. And we believed God. We were giving, and we, we gave our tithes and things of that nature, and all that was good. But when we moved, and then what happened is this, we began to realize that our finances, come on, our finances began, and that area of our lives began to be challenged. And we said, uh-oh, we thought we were stronger in this area than what we were. So does that mean that we just give up and say, forget it? No. What we simply had to do was build our faith up in the area, listen, of our finances. And so here's how we know. You say, well, how did you find that out? Well, what simply happened is this. The Lord did a tremendous blessing in our lives. We actually bought a house and didn't even have a job. God is faithful. We walked in. We tried, we tried to find a realtor, and we went to realtor after realtor. We are, before we left you know, got out of the military. We put our faith out, and we said, Father, we thank you for favor, and we thank you that we have a house right now. 
We don't know how you're going to work it out, but we know that it's already done. And so we went to the first realtor, and they pretty much laughed at us and told us to leave. That didn't discourage us. So we went to another one. They pretty much, well, what do you got to put down? You got a job? No. Listen, because they asked me if I had one right now. Now, understand this. Listen, understand this. Because I would have to put the name of the job. Come on now. And I have to put down also what I was getting paid. Don't see, listen, don't, don't be foolish. Now, you got to use wisdom. You see, if I went up there and say, yeah, I got a job. Who are you working for? I don't know. Okay, how, okay, how much are they paying you? I don't know. That's not going to work on the application. That's not wisdom. I just told them that I had a job. And they said, well, until you can give me what? Proof. See, they had to see it. They had to be able to call in to make sure I had a job so I can pay whatever bills. I said, that's fine. Not a problem. So we went, we went back and we didn't get discouraged. We said, Father, we thank you that we know in Jesus' name that there's a realtor that we're supposed to talk to. I am not sure how this connection came about. But we went into another realtor, walked into his office, sat down, and said the same thing, that we're, we are looking for a home. We want to talk to you about getting a mortgage. We want to buy this house right here. And he said, then how are you going to, how are you going to finance it? How are you going to buy that? And he said, we are believing God. Now, why? That just came out of our mouths. We said, we're believing God. We believe that we have a job. And we, and we said this, by the time that the paperwork and everything is done, that we need to do to get this job. We believe that, I mean, to get this house, we'll have a job. And he just paused and just looked at us. We just looked at him. He said, I don't know why I'm doing this because I'm not supposed to do this. But there's something about you that I believe you. So let's go ahead and start our paperwork. And then he did. Started the paperwork. Now, you know, Holly, you've been in, in real estate. You know that does not happen. And they look at you and think, what? This person lost their mind. You know, go get a job. Come back, right? So we began to fill out the paperwork, and then he, and then he, was, he was like, okay, okay. And he was like, because you can still tell where he was at. Like, are you sure? We're sure. Okay, here. Are you sure? And we're sure. We believe God. And so I said, so we're going to call you, sir. We're going to call you back here. We believe the job is already, we already have it. It's done. The following week, I get a call from State Farm Insurance Company. That's a whole other story, too. I'm talking about that. But we get a call. And then they walk in. And when I walk in, basically, they said this. We want to interview you for not one job. We want to interview you for three jobs. And then you choose which one you want. I said, look at God. See, not just one job, but three jobs. And so, of course, we went back and talked to the realtor and said, we've, we've got our job. Here it is. Everything's like, I mean, it was perfect. Everything was perfect. Time lay, laid out and everything like that. And he says, wow. He said, man, I'm sure glad, I'm sure glad you got your job because you know what? I, wasn't, I don't know. I was kind of concerned about that. I said, we weren't. We believed God. Now, I said all that to say this about finances. Got in the house, was enjoying every bit of it. Oh, man, we had electricity going, air fan, air conditioner going, and then all of a sudden we got our first bill. Guess what I did? I ran through the house like a maniac and said, turn everything off. <laughs> what is that telling you? Where was my faith? Hello? Come on now. See, there's one thing we believe. Listen, we believed God for the house. Come on. And we sat back and laughed at ourselves. We believed God for the house. He blessed us with the house. Then, then all of a sudden, listen, if he can bless you with a home, he can also bless you with the finance to pay for the utilities. Can, can I get an amen to that? Man, all of a sudden, I said, oh, my gosh, well, I just lost my mind. And Betty's like, what's wrong with you? You, know, you got to get a hold of yourself. And I said, I got to get back in faith. Listen to me. I said, I got to get back in faith here because I what? What happened? I, I, it was by sight. 
And I said, first, I was like, whoa. Then I said, how are we going to pay that? I know what. We're going to start by this. Shut everything off. Now, that wasn't wisdom, right? Sitting in the house, man, you're all burning up and stuff. It was in the summertime. You know, no. Come on. No, that's, that's not wise. Is that wise? That's not wise. Come on. That's not God. And so I'm just telling you that all that's connected to having faith. So what did we do? Did we get upset? No. We looked at each other and we said, we need to build our faith up for finances. And that's all we simply did. How do we do that? We began to study scriptures along the lines of giving. We were giving, but along the lines of using our faith. You see, you can give. People give all the time. And they give all the time. And they said, how come I'm not receiving? No, praise God. Thank God for your giving. But also, I believe that there's, you need to connect your faith with your giving. And so when you give, I always say this here, when you give, believe God for something. When you give something, remember, I always say this, put something in, but believe God for something because you're, you're activating your faith. See, God is pleased by our faith. And then, of course, you know that Hebrews 11, 6. So when you come to God, you know, when you, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But listen, we come to him how? In faith. Because he what? The Lord, listen, he, he loves faith. He honors faith. He's pleased by your faith. Faith pleases God. And so in pleasing God, Betty and I remember, wait a minute, hold on. This is not pleasing to the Lord. We've got to shore up our faith and get this thing together. And so we did. Are you with me? And so we continue to look in our notes here, and we see that it says we must take into account the higher source of knowledge. What is the higher source of knowledge? It's revelation, faith. Having revelation and, a tie, and tying, connecting your faith to what God said in his word. See, people need to have revelation about what God said. Find a promise. Get that promise on the inside of you. How do we do it? By meditating upon it day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. And we hold on to this promise. And we get revelation. And then we get to that place, as I said earlier, that we have a no-so in our spirit. In other words, again, that I know, 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 that I know what God said in his word will surely come to pass. That's a no-so, a no-so in your spirit. And so the revelation faith, which comes through the word of God and through prayer. It also says in your notes that the word of God should be the final court of appeal for the Christian. The final in other words, you're going to run across people that are going to tell you what, you know, what to do with your life. If I were you, I wouldn't do that. If I were you, I wouldn't buy that. If I were you, I don't know why you're standing believing God for that. If I, and this and on and on and on. Well, I don't know about this. And they begin to question even your faith. Listen, let the word of God be the final court of appeal. In other words, there's no other higher authority than the word of God. When you're standing and believing God for something, find it in the Scripture. Not just one Scripture, but if you can find also two or three Scriptures to confirm what you are believing God for and you stand on the Word of God, it'll come to pass in your life because God said it would. Let His Word be the final authority in your life. Now, it also says this. In Romans 3, 4, I want you to turn there. It says this, that we may accept the evidence of our senses so that's what I said before. We want to use common sense. Can you say common sense? So we, it's okay to have common sense better than no sense at all. Because I've seen people that have no sense. And, man, they are in trouble because they don't even have common sense. So, but we may accept the evidence of our senses as long as it does not, here's your blank, it does not contradict the word of God. 
You see, when our senses begin to contradict the word of God, then we, we have to stop and say, wait a minute, what do I need to do to adjust this? We cannot continue to live our lives according to like going up and down, being tossed like a wave, you know, to and fro. We're going back and forth. No, when our senses contradict the word of God, everybody say, stay with the word. It says here in Romans chapter three, verse four, it says, let God be true, but every man a liar. In other words, you're going to have people that will be telling you things to try to get you to doubt what you're believing God for and standing on. No, let God be true, and listen, every man a liar. In other words, God, you said it. I'm going to take you at your word, and I believe what you said. I believe what you said. And then I think about, about this thought. Seeing, notice this in your notes, seeing is not believing. Seeing is not believing. According to the word of God, believing is seeing. Now, let me explain this to you. Let me explain this to you. That according to the word of God and having faith is simply this. I believe God. I find in the word of God what he says I can have. I study. I meditate. I get revelation. I get that on the inside of me. God, you said this belongs to me. And then I get, keep it in my heart and my spirit. And I'm standing and I'm believing. I get to the place of being fully persuaded. I pray. And when I pray, I'm not believing or I'm not, I'm not praying from a posture of hoping that God is going to do something. No, I'm believing and praying that God, God is going to do something. And when I pray, I'm already in faith and I believe it's already done. That's having faith. That is actually, listen, that is actually believing before I see it. And so when, when I say here that seeing is not believing, because if we have to go by a sight, especially when it comes to healing, if we have to go by uh, sight, then we go, oh, man, okay, well, you know, I don't, I don't feel this way. I don't feel that way. I know this and I know that. But when am I ever going to receive this? When am I ever going to be healed? I want to tell you that receiving your healing and, and understanding, just like Jesus when he spoke to the fig tree, understand the principle. He spoke to that fig tree. He cursed it at the root. And before anything was seen from the ground up, he had already cursed it. It had died. But what was still going on here, what you were seeing, what the disciples were seeing was simply what was left in the actual fig tree. But when they came back the next day, it was on the side dead. In other words, what, God, what Jesus said to the fig tree came to pass. But when they seen it, when he spoke to it immediately, it looks like nothing had happened. And that's what happened when we're believing God for, for healing. We're believing God for blessings. We're believing God for anything. You see, what happens is this. When we first speak to it, it may seem like your circumstances are not changing. It may seem like, wow, everything is still the same. But what happens is the enemy will try to come and talk you out of your blessing and try to talk you out of your praying and believing God for what you're standing for to come to pass. And even circumstances will try to come and say, see, you see how long? And you start timing. Putting, listen, God, listen, you don't put limits on God. Listen, if you believe it, I believe it's already done, then it's already done. And I began, here's what I do. You say, then what do I do then? What do I do? Here's what you do. You get up the next morning and you thank him that it's done. Get up the next day, Lord, thank you, it's done. Get up the next day, Lord, thank you, it's done. And you continue to stand and believe God, regardless of what you see. Where you put your faith in? The word of God. And stay with the word. Say, stay with the word. So we see in David's life, turn to Psalms chapter 27, 13. 
just a few more minutes. Psalms 37, I mean, excuse me, 27, 13. I look at the life of David. David has gone through so much. Man, we can just see even from a youth how the Lord raised him up. We can see also the choices that he made in his life, and we can see how God delivered him, how God used him. I mean, in fighting, a mighty warrior, then also becoming king. We can see what happened in his life, even with his children, how there was different, you know, just issues and turmoil, even in his family, being, I would call it dysfunctional. But we can see here that David reflects. He gets to a place in his life, we find it here in, in Psalms 27, 13, but I have to read it from the Amplified. And it says this, what, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Come on. I mean, David is saying, what? I mean, that's what I say. I know I do that a lot of times, and, 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 and I shouldn't probably as much as, you know, playing around. But somebody say something, I would say, what? But what? He's saying, what? He's looking at circumstances. He's looking at his life. He's thanking God for what, he has, what God has brought him through. And he says, what? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Oh, man, you're like, thank God. That just blesses me. It just makes me excited knowing that God is good and God keeps his word. But he said, I believed. Listen, what would happen to me if I, he's saying, if I didn't believe. He's saying, I believed. I believed. And so the same thing we talked about here in John chapter 20, verse 29. A faith that rests on God's word is a faith that will bring whatever you're believing God for to pass. Say, come to pass. And listen, and it's not sight. Now, T.L. Osborne, tremendous man of God, I mean, just, just teaching, traveling, missionary, he said this. Listen to this quote. He says, others say, I will never believe it until I see it. I reply, you'll never see it until you believe it. Come on. We'll never see it until we believe it. Let's finish up. So what is the purpose of praying? Why should I pray? Why should you pray? I'm glad you asked. It says right here, A, to receive divine direction from God. To receive. Why should you pray? Why should I pray? To receive divine direction from God. Also, to teach us total dependence on God. See, to receive divine provision from God. This is why we should pray. One, A, to receive divine direction from God to teach us total dependence on God, and to receive divine provision from God. Now, notice it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2, we've been there, but it's okay. Listen, it pleases God when we look only at his word. It pleases him when we base our faith on his promise. Oh, isn't that good? It pleases him. Don't you want to please God? Man, I want to please my heavenly father. Listen, I'm not perfect. I said, I'm not perfect. How about you? Are you perfect? Okay. So because I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. Listen, but faith will please God. Say, my faith will please God. And we must base our faith on his promise, not on the conditions, not on what we see. I'm finishing up with Hebrews 11:2. Now faith is the substance. Everybody say substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. A good testimony. And it says this in the New Living Translation, 
Verse 2, faith is the confidence that we have hope for will actually happen. I have confidence that what I'm hoping for, now that hope or that there were there is expectation. So I hope for it actually happened. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see through faith. It says their faith, the people in days of old earned a good report. How about you? Don't you want to have a good report? It's said about you. Man, when I went to Henry and I agreed and asked Henry to pray and agree with me, and we prayed and God answered our prayer. Man, I tell you, God is a God who answers prayer. You know, better than, better than having someone come to you and say, you know what? I pray. I went to Janet or I went to Betty and went to so-and-so. And, man, I'm standing trying to believe God, this and that. I don't know why. You know, hold on, hold on. Let's just trust God. Let's just trust God. Let's just believe God. So I want to encourage you, no matter what you're believing God for, we're talking about connecting the dots, faith, healing. Yes. You know what? Your faith will work in every realm. Whether you're believing God for healing, whether you're believing God for finances, whatever you're believing God for, your faith will work. Stand up on your feet. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. Now, I want you to begin to pray. You can pray to yourself uh, so no one hears you. That's fine. But whatever you're believing God for right now, I want to pray and agree with you that it'll come to pass in your life. Amen? Now, that means I'm praying. I'm agreeing with you. And so we're going to believe God together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for your goodness, your mercy, mercy in your